Thank you, Adam. Bread of life. Wow. A couple of disclaimers here. Kind of um, preheat the oven if it, as if it needs any more preheating than we've happened already. But, um, yeah, when Jesus talks about the bread of life, he's in John chapter 6, which is massive. It's a big chapter. And if any of us have ever been, say, to a national park like the Grand Canyon or um, Rocky Mountain National Park or Yosemite, there's so much. There's so many trails. You could take one day and, and, and spend the whole day here, right? Or you could go to the Bridal Falls and, and hang out there. There's a lot of trails <laughs> in this chapter, and we're, we're in a good place because... Um, the Holy Spirit's going to be our trail guide today. <laughs> and we can't get every trail, and we won't try and get every trail, but that's why we have home church. Because pretty soon we're going to be in John chapter 6, and maybe the trail or the vista we don't get to today, you can get to in your home church, right? Amen? All right. There's a lot of teachers here in this room. I see one right over here, Spencer. I see... You, you know, moms, your teachers, and uh, dads, we're all teachers, right? And so as, as I started to think about a couple of weeks ago, the bread of life, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have us talk about bread. <laughs> you know, bread is kind of something that we have all the time. We we eat it, but we don't we don't really acknowledge. We don't we don't think about it. So, I'm going to preheat where we're going by give you some fun things about bread. Okay, give me give me a little space on that. So, who doesn't like bread? Right? It's filling. It's satisfying. It's 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 nourishing. So, five o'clock in my house growing up with ten kids. It it you know. Mom's got the meal going and it smells real good, but Dad doesn't get off the bus from New York City till 6:25. So there's a huge gap here, you know. And we're hungry, and we come in to Mom, and she says, "Here, have a piece of bread. It'll tide you over. It'll fill you up until Dad comes in and go do your homework or go outside and play basketball. But just have a piece of bread, you know." <laughs> For centuries. Um, Bread's been a, a basic staple uh, in almost every culture. And in fact, baking as a profession became esteemed, became valued. Think about uh, in Exodus, when Joseph's in prison. Who's in prison with him? There's a baker in prison with him. Egypt had this big deal about bakers. They were esteemed and valued. Egyptian. Greek, Roman conquest brought new ingredients, new types of grains, new types of methods. They brought bakers in and, and they, they shared information and, and wow. Wars were fought over lands that produced grain. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's today too, people, if you want to think about that. Countries, countries have adopted Christmas breads, right? German, the German bread for Christmas is stolen. In Italy, the Christmas bread is panettone. Panna means bread, 
Tony means Tony. <laughs> In the 15th century, there was a baker named Antonio who baked bread for the king as a way to gain favor and get his daughter in marriage. Panettone, Italian Christmas bread. The country that consumes the most bread in the world per person, per pound, per person? Turkey. I had to call our friend jo- uh, no, jo- Joella. Joella grew up in Turkey, you know, missionary in Turkey. I say, Joella, what's the deal with this? Turkey, there's not even a close second. 230 pounds per person per year they eat bread. And she says, yeah, now that I I think about it, that's that's probably right. You know, that's, that's probably right. That's a ton of bread. So I said, uh... Joella, you know, the, the, the word for bread in, in Turkish is ekmek. She said, no, it's ekmek. And I said, no, and we went back and forth, like, no, you say it like this. And she said, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to know what, what, it, what it means anyway, you know, with, with her smile and her teeth. She said, don't worry about it, Tim. Nobody will know, but it's, it's called, it's something like ekmek. In Islamic belief, Bread sustains life, and the protection of life is sacred. That's why they eat so much bread. It's revered. You know, there's a, there's a salty gospel conversation right there with somebody, right? Well, let me tell you a gospel story about bread and bread of life. What an opening that would be. But the Turks have nothing on Calandra's bakery. Let me tell you here, Calandra Bakery is in the north ward of Newark in the Italian section of New Jersey. I lived in the west ward, the African-American ward in, in Newark, New Jersey for 18 years, 19 years before moving to South L.A. And, and living in the inner city of L.A. And two miles away from us was Calandra's Bakery, once voted the best bread bakery in the state of New Jersey. I'm telling you, that's some good bread. (laughs) Cars would come every hour on the half an hour. They would make these fresh loaves of Italian bread. Cars would double park. People would run in. They'd get it. That bread was gone till the next hour. From 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., people were coming up and getting their Calandra's bread and bringing it home. That's that's bread from heaven, people, you know. (laughs) You know, we, we talked about the wine from Cana at, at, the, at the wedding feast, you know, at the great wedding feast. It talks about it in Song of Solomon, you know. He's going to bring me to his banquet table, right? We're going to have the wine from Cana because that was the best, right? That was from Jesus. You, that's not two buck chuck, right? That's not Trader Joe, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is wine. And the bread's going to be from Calandra's, I guarantee it. The bread. <laughs> bread from heaven. Bread central in the story of God and in Scripture. It's a sign of his presence. They brought bread to the tabernacle. Leviticus 24. It's a sign of his provision. God gave them bread. Right? Manna. Exodus 12. Exodus 16, sorry. 
a promise of deliverance. Bread was a promise of deliverance from the oppression and the brokenness of the world. We saw that in the Passover in Exodus 12, and then Jesus breaking bread in Matthew 26 when he's about to give himself up. A sign of deliverance from oppression and brokenness. It's kind of funny for me to say this. You know, back in the last century, <laughs> 50 years ago, I don't know when I heard this, but uh, it may have been a freshman speech class or a, a Toastmaster or something. I, um, I learned or I heard that one of the most effective ways to communicate a message is to tell someone what you're going to say. Then you say it. And then you remind them of what you just said, right? And I'm thinking about this. And yeah, that makes sense. And we start to think about the book of John. And guess what? That's what he does. Adam did this amazing message to us in John chapter 1. Well, what does John do? He unpacks what he's going to tell us in John chapter 1, that prologue. Jesus is the Word. All things came into being because of him. He's the incredible pre-existent Son of God, the creator of the world. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And then... Boom, starting in John chapter 2 through John chapter 20. This is what he shows us. This is what he says. He reveals it again, again, and again. And then he ends the book in John 20. There's one more chapter, but he closes it by summarizing. And he says, you know, there's many other signs that Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples which are not written, but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Life, the bread of life. And so today we start to unpack this message of Jesus is the one that we believe in, the Son of God and yet the one in whom we have life. Now John chapter 6, we can't go through it all today, but it's, it's divided into three sections. In the first um, verses 1 through 14, there's this miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Jesus feeds 5,000. And we're familiar with that. It's actually a, a miracle that's in all four of the Gospels. Then there's another section, I call it the lake trip, where... From uh, 16 to 28 or 26, there's a crossing of the lake. And we're going to leave that for DBS Sunday. That's a vista and a trail that you can unpack the significance of that. Um, And then that leads us into the third section of our passage today. How do you take this from me, okay? And that's... uh, Jesus teaching about the bread and the bread of life. And it's interesting because it says he taught it in a synagogue. So he's teaching it to the disciples, but he's teaching it to the religious leaders and the Jews. And so let me take us really quickly through John 1 through 14. Jesus performs this miracle, right? Of he's feeding, he's, he's ministered to the people on the, John 6, what did I say? 
John 6, 1 through 13, Jesus performs a miracle using the natural bread and fish to reveal the supernatural. He feeds the 5,000. And interestingly enough, John is the only one of the four Gospels that unpacks the significance of what this means, the bread of life. And I want to make three quick observations because it kind of leads us into the bread of life. And the first observation I want to draw attention to and then come back later as we embark on this I am statement, I am the bread of life, is Jesus asked Philip, in, in John 6 and, and, and 5, well, where are we going to buy bread that these people may eat? He already knows what he's going to do, right? Not only does Philip learn a lesson of faith here, but for the disciples and for us, we're going to see that true faith comes in him and in him alone, not in the material not in the things of this life, but in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then in, in the 11th verse, it says everybody ate. And not only did they ate, they, they were filled up. And not only were they filled up, they were satisfied. Right? They ate. They took. They participated in And they were filled. And they were satisfied. A great reminder that Jesus can satisfy the hunger, the longings, the things, the deep desires of our heart as we eat, as we partake of him. He fills, he satisfies. And then I love this last section, and we'll touch on this a little bit too. Gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing may be lost or wasted. Wow. As we follow and are being formed by Jesus, brothers and sisters, every day, we can experience what it means to eat and enjoy and have that joy in spite of our circumstances, in spite of our situations, our hardships, our pains, our sufferings, and not only eat and enjoy, but also share it up, gather it up so it won't be lost. I had the opportunity for three years to work with a woman called Johnny Erickson Tata, a woman who at age 17 broke her neck in a diving accident, instantly became a, a quadriplegic. She's now 68 years old. She's a two-time cancer survivor, two-time COVID survivor, She's a woman that lives every day in the presence and the provision of God, and she lives out of a joy that comes with a life that's grounded in the bread, the bread of life. That's who we serve and offer. John 16, 5 to 28 is kind of an interlude. Again, that's a trail. We won't go that far. But then beginning in in verse 26 to 58, Jesus is in the synagogue, he's in Capernaum, and he unpacks this miracle, telling people, telling the Jews and the disciples who he is and what he offers. Then he's going to explain, here's who I am (laughs) and what I offer. And he's going to remind them who he is and what he offers, and then he's going to Say, now here's, here's the opportunity. Here's what it means. 
And we're going to take that same path today. So let's start on with a slide of John 6, 26 through 29. Jesus, again, he's crossed back to the lake. He's at the temple in the synagogue, sorry, and he answers them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give you. For on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. They said therefore to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Jesus is identifying publicly, here's who I am. I have been sent from the Father. I have been sent by God. In fact, Jesus repeats that in verse 32. It's my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Verse 33, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He repeats it again. Verse 35, he repeats it again. Verse 41, he repeats it again. Verse 42, verse 46, verse 50, verse 51, verse 58. Ten times in this chapter. Truly, truly means listen up, right? This is the truth. This is ten times, people. This is like, hey, I'm not lying. (laughs) Word is bond. (laughs) No cap. Meredith Johnson taught me, no cap, Thursday night means this is the truth. (laughs) Jesus, truth be told, no cap. That's right. No, I'm not from Nazareth. No, I'm not from Bethlehem. I'm from heaven. I am ego imi. I am the one who is. I am who I am. Right out of Exodus 13, 14, when God spoke to Moses and said, you tell the people, I am who I am is sending you. I am the God who is, Jehovah and Lord. That's me. I've always existed as God and the Son with a divine purpose. Jesus was saying publicly, I am who I am. I am the one who is. I am the creator but I am the Savior, I am the Lord, I am who you need today. At the wedding feast of Cana, do you remember? Mama came to Jesus. Hey, do something here. There's a, there's a, they're out of wine. And Jesus said, it's not my time. Guess what? I believe this is John 6. Jesus is saying 10 times, this is the time. <laughs> you need to know. Listen up. I am the fulfillment of what was promised for centuries. Promised in Isaiah. Promised throughout Scripture. Psalm 33. He spoke a word and the heavens were formed. He breathed the word. He is the word, right? The word. <laughs> and the stars in the sky blew up. That's who he says he is. That's who he is for us Today, I am the Son of God, the one sent from God. And I'm the one that cares for me and cares for you 
just like I cared for that wedding couple whose dignity and name was on the line and reputation and I provided for them over and abundantly. He cared for them. He cares for you today. He is the Son of God. Ten days ago, we cried out to the I am the one. Maybe it's a little longer. June, uh, January 24th, Bryn, our daughter's going in for surgery. She has her pre-op surgery appointment. They're going to you know, sign all the forms and waivers, check all the insurance. And the guy goes, uh-oh, we got a problem here. It says, you, you, know, you don't have Medicare. Oscar is your insurance. Bryn goes, who's Oscar? <laughs> I don't even know. I never met this guy, Oscar. What do you mean Oscar is my insurance? She said, yeah, yeah. Oscar is your primary care. Medicare is no longer covered. Therefore, you can't have this surgery, which she's been waiting two months for, back surgery for a herniated disc. And so it starts this four-hour conversation. Bryn's emotional, and I would be too. She's in level 10 pain. Her mom's on the phone with Oscar and Medicare. You know how hard it is to find an Oscar, right? And a, a surgery coordinator. And we're, we're, we're crying and praying. God, you know, we, Jesus, be our provider. Be the bread of life today. And he did it that afternoon. We had a 4 o'clock deadline. And if... The, if we can't get this cleared by 4 o'clock. We're going to have to postpone a surgery for 45 days. Jesus was the bread of life for us, and he's the bread of life for you. Here's who I am. I am the Son of God. And then Jesus says, here's what I provide. Here's what I offer you. Here's what he offers us today. John 6:35. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, 47 and 48. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. John 6, 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he shall live Forever, Three times Jesus declares, here's who I am, the Son of God. I am the bread of life, the one who is the giver of life. Obviously, using the metaphor of bread and being hungry, Jesus tells me and tells us, we've got a spiritual hunger. And that hunger is real. And that hunger is met not on my own, not through my efforts, not through my ways. It can only be met through the Father and through the Son, Jesus, the one who is the bread of life. I know I've looked in the wrong places before I ate the bread. There's probably a bunch of other people that could get testimony here to that as well. There's a... Um, a woman, uh, well, let me, let me stop there. Anybody ever, um, any, ever heard of or ever, ever ate Wonder Bread? <laughs> How many people know what Wonder Bread is? Okay. 
It's the good stuff, right? That's what they got you to believe. So with the coming of the industrial age came new technologies promising to improve and change the process of bread making. They basically took it out of the hands of the individual and they mechanized it. They standardized it. They uniformed it. They cleansed it. Now, this is what, during germ theory, and so there was concerns about germs and bacteria in the 1900s, and that was legitimate, but there was an economic incentive here. Let's, let's make this white. So we'll bleach it, <laughs> and we'll take out the flavor, and we'll take out the nutrients, and we'll add these additives so that you can preserve it. And they called it Wonder Bread. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a, a subliminal message here of Jesus saying to the, to the leaders, you know what, there's a wonder bread theology in this synagogue where we want to uniform things, we want to standardize things, we want to have you believe that the bread of life comes through these sacrifices, these rituals, these religious patterns, and comes through us. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am who I am. I am the Son of God. That bread of life is me and who I am. I offer you the bread of life. Here's who I am. And then this is what it means for you, and this is what it means for me. In verse 29, Jesus says, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Everyone say believe. believe. All right, say it like you mean it. Believe. believe. Come on, one more time. All right, I see that smile there, bro. <laughs> John told us that in John 1:12. To all who received him, who believed in his name, John 3:16, right? He writes a letter later, 1 John 5:11 through 13, and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and that life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I tell you this so that you who believe may know that you have eternal life. But it comes through belief, right? It doesn't come through wonder bread theology. It doesn't come through our work, our efforts. That's Ephesians 2. In fact, Isaiah says in 55, 1 through 3, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what's not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and listen to me. Listen that you might live. It's powerful, huh? Kendall Vanderslice is a baker. <laughs> She's a theologian. Vanderslice, yeah, you like that. 
<laughs> it's like Cutter Gage, you know, there's just something about some, somebody's name, you know. So, Kendall Vanderslice is a baker. She's a theologian. She's an author of ten books about bread. And she writes, As soon as the water hits the flour, a series of transformations begin. Amino acids uncoil, forming bonds to create a strong, sticky dough. And then the process begins. <laughs> then the journey begins. Jesus is the bread of life. And he's saying, come and listen, look and see, taste, eat. Eat means believe. To lean into, to trust, to rely. Do you depend on him? Believe in me, accepting who I am and the death I died for you, for your sin. Choose me. Choose life today. If that's you this morning, we're going to pray for you to receive the bread of life. And that will be in a few minutes. When I would buy bread at Calandra's Bakery, I guarantee you I did not leave it in the car <laughs> or forget about it or lose it. That warm, fresh bread, it was enjoyed, it was shared, and it's an example today of what following and being formed of Jesus reminds us it's always about love. It's about receiving and experiencing and being filled, but not filled for ourselves, right? Filled to be shared in the world, in our neighborhood, in our homes, in our classrooms, in our work settings, in our pickleball court play, everywhere. All of us who claim to be Jesus followers, we have that bread in us, right? Christ in us, the hope of glory. The bread of life that fills, that satisfies, that provides, that cleanses, that heals. That gives hope and guidance and love and is to be shared. Some closing thoughts. Following Jesus comes as we follow his word and his spirit. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, right? Deuteronomy 30. I've set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. Now choose life that you might live. You and your family by loving the Lord your God, by listening to his voice, by holding fast to his word. I moved here 10 years ago. I was a wreck. Um, and Noel and G can tell you because I moved across the street from them. <laughs> and I came out of a place of severe pain. In uh, 2013, in January, uh, the ministry I was a part of, the ministry leader and founder suddenly resigned out of a moral failure. And I was part of an executive team. I had known this gentleman for 33 years. And so I can, I can resonate with some of what's happening here personally and in the city. And then a couple months after that, 
my wife was diagnosed with stage 4 liver cancer. And so I'm dealing with all kinds of levels of trauma and grief and sorrow and sadness. And, and then there's a year of caregiving and then she dies in 2014 and I end up in this place called Kansas City. And I ended up, interestingly enough, a couple blocks away from a prayer room on Redbridge Avenue, Redbridge Road. And on the October 20th, 2014, the, the Lord said, I want, you to, I want you to go there. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to, I'm going to meet you. And so I went at 6 a.m. And, you know, I'm, I'm there, okay. I'm, I'm, my, my brain is gray matter, and I'm wondering <laughs> what's going on here. And, and the Lord, through, you know, worship in the word, uh, revealed the scripture to me. And I said, okay, that's it for today. I'm going to grab on that today. That's my bread for today. And it carried me that whole week. And every morning I'd go over from 6 to 8 a.m. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was doing. But I was just for two hours, I was just going to go and, and sit. And then the next Monday he gave me another word. And that was the word for that week. And then the next Monday, it was another word. And it was a word for that week, but it also started to become a word for somebody else. So he was feeding me, and he was filling me. But he, then he was giving me, a, I'd have a conversation with someone, and, and Jesus, remember that? Oh yeah, tell him, just pray that over him. For two years, Every, I, there was sometimes I couldn't wait till Monday morning. Lord, what do you got today? And so I started writing down these, these words. And they became just part of my rule of life, my daily living. They still are today. This is how I start my morning. So let me tell you the word that the Lord gave me this morning. This card I wrote on October 20th, 2014. He gave me the, the same word he gave me then. And it was from, and so I read it again. Trust in the Lord and do good. Draw, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. That's, that's what I hung on to that very first day. The Lord started to be the bread of life. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. And then I forgot this until this morning. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. The God of the universe is the God that spoke to me right this morning, two hours, three hours, six, seven a.m. I don't know what time I got up, but this has been bread for me. Following Jesus is following his word and following his spirit. Following Jesus is costly, people. It costs us. We can't, we can't overlook that. 
and just eat the bread. We've got to understand that we identify with the bread. <laughs> and Jesus uses the bread and uses the wine to say it's going to be costly. Just like it costs me, it will cost you. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. This is the one we're saying today is the bread of life, and we identify with him completely. Saying yes to Jesus means saying no to self. Not saying no to what's not life-giving. It's lordship. For years we taught Bible clubs in the inner city, and we talked about what does lordship mean for a six-year-old? What's lordship mean for a nine-year-old? How do we... Put that into language. And the word we came up with was boss. Everybody say boss. <laughs> Jesus wants to be the boss of your life. Kids, kids understand boss, right? They know who the boss is. If it's either mom or it's dad or it's both, they know in a work setting who the boss is. And so we'd say, yeah. This is what it means to make Jesus the boss of your life. The master baker is the boss and he's kneading and he's shaping and he's forming and he's molding and he's stretching. Right? Everybody felt that before? (laughs) Yeah. So Jesus tells him who he is, then he says who he is, and then he reminds him who he is and what he wanted to do and what he wants to teach us. And in John 6.58, He says, this is the bread which came down from heaven. No confusion. Not as the fathers ate. He who eats this bread shall live forever. Forever, I'm sorry. I am the one who is. I am who I am. The one sent from heaven, the son of God. I am the bread of life. Taste and see. Choose life that you might believe and live in relationship through the Spirit with me and our loving Father, loving others and loving the world. I want us all to stand. We're going to share in some fresh baked bread this morning. And we're going to pass it out. And I'm going to have some friends come up. And we want you to just, as you feel comfortable, as you feel able... It's not gluten-free. I'll just remind you of that. (laughs) And that's okay. We're going to hold on to the bread of life. And we're going to respond to a question before we eat that bread of life. Okay? So as a plate comes around, just grab it. Grab a piece and then pass it on to somebody else. While they're doing that, for the last couple of weeks, I've had different conversations with people. You know, where's the best bread in Kansas City? Where's the best bakery in Kansas City? You'd be surprised that we've got the best barbecue. That was my introduction. I'm with these guys playing pickleball. Never met them. You introduce yourself, and we're kind of practicing. I said, well, everybody knows Kansas City got the best barbecue. Where's the best bread? And you wouldn't believe the answers. I mean, I got including Panera's. I don't know about Panera's, but, you know, or or the Olive Garden, you know. (laughs) 
But it started a conversation, and then, and then this one guy said, well, why are you asking me that? And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on the bread of life, and I want to know where the best bread is in Kansas City, you know. And I got some, some smiles, meaning, okay, I know it, that. And then I got some these, these deer in the headlight looks like, what the heck are you talking about, you know, <laughs> what's that mean? But that was, that was my remembrance. Okay, next time I want, to, I want to follow up on this guy. Let's have a salty conversation. Okay, I think everybody's got, got some bread. Ah, sure. I need a piece too. Heck yeah. So I want us to reflect on a closing question and just hold it in in quiet meditation and prayer before we enjoy it together. What are you hungry for today? We're all hungry. We all have longings, deep desires. We have needs. What are you hungry for today? For some of you, for some of us that uh, are already on a journey of following and being formed by Jesus as his disciples in all our lives, what are you hungry for today? Maybe it's reflecting on an area he's forming in my life and relationship with him and my marriage and my relationship with others. Maybe it's uh, helping me to love and be more like Jesus. And so you might be saying, Lord, just, yeah, fill me with your presence, your word, your spirit. Maybe hungry means that deep longing to be used in your kingdom contribution for him. Remember it says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. We all have a kingdom contribution. Maybe your hunger is, Lord, I know I'm here. I want to be here. I'm hungry for this. Show me, guide me, lead me. In my parenting, in my work setting, in my family relationships, in my classroom, Lord, let not this hunger that's in me be lost or wasted. Maybe there's a hungry here for something he wants to accomplish in our church. Lord, we're hungry for more and more people to come and know you. We're hungry for discipleship. We're hungry for unity in a year that looks pretty jacked up. We hunger for unity. We hunger for diversity. And so let's just be still. I don't want to lose the opportunity to that there might be someone here that has never experienced what it means to know and receive the bread of life. I've got good news for you. (laughs) You're not here by mistake. God's brought you here today so that you can taste and see and experience the one who is the bread of life, who wants to fill that longing, that deep desire in your heart that you've tried to met in your own way. I'm going to lead 
a prayer for those that might be here. And then I'm going to invite Adam up to, we're going to eat, and then I'm going to invite Adam up. Lord, uh, I come to you today on behalf of anyone here that may never have known or heard that you are Jesus, the Son of God, who came and lived for me and died for me on the cross. Lord, I have sought life in other ways. I confess my sin to you. Those ways, I repent. I turn away and I come back to you and believe that you are the Son of God. You are the bread of life. Fill me with that life today. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again, that you're coming back in all of your glory, in all of your fame. And so I say to you, Jesus, be the boss of my life. I give the lordship of my life to you today. Amen. Let's eat and, and enjoy and experience his presence, his provision, his deliverance, the one who is the bread of life.